Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Trap Game Podcast. I am your host, Mark Kruthop. It is Wednesday night. Um, I have been home and out, uh, got COVID this last week along with the rest of the house. So um, I've been sitting here wanting to record, but I would have been coughing up along the entire time. And this is like the first day that I finally feel that I can talk without coughing. Um, so it's good to be back. It's good to be recording for you guys. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, obviously, the big thing this week is the MLB trade deadline and what went down. A lot of huge moves, a lot of big moves for the Yankees, obviously. Um, the Padres are an absolute unit of a team. Um, but before we get into that, there's a couple things that I want to get into first. Um, the Golden Knights, um, Deshaun Watson and his suspension that he just got, and then going back to the Live Tour and the PGA a little bit. Um, but first off, I do want to get into free agency for the NHL um, because at this point, the majority of the big moves are done. Um, Johnny Gaudreau signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets was ginormous for them. Um, them re-signing Patrick Laine was also, also obviously huge. Um, the Golden Knights were surprisingly quiet. Uh Compared to what we're usually what we're accustomed to seeing from them, uh, obviously, huge reason behind that is the cap trouble that they've been in, resulting in them unfortunately having to trade Max Pacioretty to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Here's my thing: everyone is acting like the Golden Knights just dump every single one of their players constantly. Yeah, they have gotten themselves into cap trouble. Yeah, they've had to get rid of some good players for relatively nothing. Um, but they still have an extremely competitive team. Like, did we forget they still have Mark Stone? Did we forget that they have a guy named Jack Eichel? Like, let's relax. Yeah, they had a tough year. They just brought in Bruce Cassidy from the Bruins. I think that's a ginormous hire for them. Why is, why is everyone acting like the Golden Knights are the only team to have ever had to trade players for cap reasons? And it's only been two players. One of them, Marc-Andre. And the reason the Marc-Andre one still sticks in everyone's craw is, yeah, he was like the face of the Golden Knights for the first few years. He had just won the Vesna. But guys... He was not worth $8 million heading into the next year. He earned that $8 million the year he won the best goaltender award. Absolutely. But you cannot sit there and tell me that them moving on and creating cap space for Robin Leonard, who unfortunately hasn't worked out like we thought it would, that, wasn't, that was the right move at the time, is to move on from that $8 million cap hit. You cannot sit there and tell me that investing... $13 million between two goaltenders, one who's been in the twilight of his career and had the best year of his career a couple years ago, we, we couldn't have held on to both of them. There's just no way we could have done that and still built this team. And I'm sorry, you had Leonard, and that's the guy that you have to build around, a younger guy, more cost-controlled. You can't 
hold on to the fact that Flurry is going to keep playing at this level, at that level, and he didn't. He was not great the following year. Going to Max Pacioretty, another guy who is making $8 million. He's older now. Yeah, it stinks because you're going to miss his scoring when he's on the ice. On the ice, when he's healthy, the dude is a stud, and that is going to stink. But he's also injured constantly. So let's not pretend like the Knights do this all the time. They've built a very solid team still. They're still going to be cup contenders. So I'm sick of all these outside people, people that don't watch the Knights constantly, that think that we're just giving rid of everyone for nothing. We still have one of the best teams in the league. So let's calm down and and stop acting like these guys in the front office don't know what they're doing. They've built a very good team in five years. Let's not forget, the Knights weren't even supposed to be competitive until around this time anyway. And they've been one of the best teams in the league. How much more could you want? I'm sorry. Like, y'all have been so spoiled, my friends in Vegas that have been watching this team. This is not how sports normally works. You usually don't get a team that is as successful as the Knights are right away. It just doesn't happen. So let's pump the brakes. Throw a little throw a little sand on the fire and realize that we still have a very good team that has a big window of opportunity to still win a cup. And you know what? If the NHL didn't want to act like they were some poverty-stricken sport and have the cap at only $82 million, like you can't the, the Golden Knights are probably worth five, six hundred million dollars. Raise the cap if you don't want to see these players traded. 82 million is nothing. You have LeBron James making half of that in a year. So, yeah, I get it. Hockey is not as popular as baseball, basketball, football. But in no way, shape, or form are they not making money. Hockey is still very popular among hockey fans, and they show up, and they support their teams and spend a lot of money on these teams. $82 million, There's no way you can't raise that. So if you want to blame anyone, you blame the league for setting such a low cap number in this time where Every NHL team is just making hands over fists worth of money. Um, but, I mean, look, I'm I'm extremely excited for the season to begin. Um, like I've been spoiled, too, being able to watch the Knights in the playoffs every year. So it was really hard. And I found, I found it very difficult to care about the playoffs. Obviously, when your team's not in it, you just don't care. Um, I was cheering for the Rangers. It stinks that they couldn't pull out uh, for Gallant, uh, Reeves, obviously. Um, and you know what's funny is Reeves, Nate Schmidt, all those guys that the Knights have traded for cap reasons, they still love Vegas. Everyone's everyone's acting like, oh, no one wants to come play for Vegas, blah, 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 because they trade. Reeves and Nate Schmidt are back in Vegas hanging out with the team every offseason. 
Matthew Kachuk put the Knights as one of his preferred destinations to come and play when he requested a trade from Calgary. Like, y'all don't know what you're talking about when you guys, when these outside members and media talk about the Knights. You guys just don't know. Like, stop trying to act like you know what's going on around Vegas. The team, the fan, we all love, we love our team. We love this team. We, it sucks to see them go. No one was happy to see Marc-Andre go. No one's happy to see Pacioretty go. But they still have a chance to win. They're not just giving up guys just to give up guys. Who, you know what? Exactly. If you want to get on anybody, get on Calgary. They just traded away. They, they committed to breaking their team down. You think the Knights wanted to get rid of Patches? No, they had to because they have a really good team still. But I digress. It uh, it just it bothers me when I see people try and come at the Knights like they're the only team to have ever had to get rid of players because of cap reasons. It's just stupid. It's ridiculous to say that players don't want to play for them. Um, they're they're going to have a great bounce back year, barring injury, um, and I'm excited. For the front office to kind of bask in that glory, and they've been taking a lot of heat. So uh, I can't wait. Can't wait. Go Knights. Moving on to the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, He was just handed down his suspension of six games. Um, And first of all, can we all agree that what a joke of a suspension that is? The NFL doesn't get discipline right a lot of the time. Um, They're usually on the wrong side of the discipline. Um, Like DeAndre Hopkins getting a six-game suspension for trace amounts of a banned substance. That DeAndre Hopkins doesn't need that. He's been clean his whole career, you know. And he gets suspended for six games for something that, I mean, unless he's lying, but I don't believe he is, was not his fault. Kelvin Ridley gets suspended an entire year for placing a bet. And I get it. You're not supposed to bet. But guess what? You're also not supposed to sexually assault people. And you're telling me. And it's not even the NFL. The NFL, in to, to play devil's advocate here, they're the ones that didn't hand down this suspension. You're telling me that what Deshaun Watson did compared to what DeAndre Hopkins did and what Calvin Ridley did, you're saying that Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins are equal in in what they did. And then Calvin Ridley is way worse for betting because he gets an entire year. It did come out today that the NFL is pushing for an entire year suspension. Um, Thank God, because that needs to happen for what Deshaun Watson obviously did. I'm sorry, you don't settle out of court with all these people unless there's something behind it. So um, the only thing I'm confused about is like, can't the NFL just be like, no, we're not going to accept that suspension. You're out for a year. Like obviously, I'm missing something there uh, because they went off of a of an arbitrator. But 
Goodell has handed down suspensions many times, so I don't see I don't see where this time they had to use an arbitrator. I mean, I guess since it's a criminal case, but even then, there's been times where guys have been proven not guilty outside of the law, and then they still get suspended under conduct policy for the NFL. So that's where I'm confused. Like, can't the NFL just impose that year ban anyway? But, I mean, if anyone else has the answer to that, I would love to hear um, because that, that's the only part that's a little iffy to me. Um, I mean, even Trevor Bauer, the dude, you know, if what he w- was alleged of doing um, is true, then obviously he should never play baseball again. But even then, it was never confirmed true. It, nothing ever came of it in court. But it looks like the guy's never going to pitch again. But you're telling me Deshaun Watson only gets six games? I'm sorry. Like, something's wrong there. Definitely not cool. Um, But good job, NFL. Applaud you for once for being on the right side of a domestic issue. Uh, Because your track record has not been great. Let's just say that. But... You know, it seems, and hopefully it's not just because there was so much backlash from it and they're like, okay, we need to do something rather than, hey, we want to do something because this suspension wasn't okay. Hopefully it's, you know, hopefully it's not just a PR move. Sure it is, but um, even then, good job NFL for standing up this time and and being on the right side of that issue. Uh, NFL's right around the corner, baby. We got football coming right up, so those pick shows are going to be coming back. I cannot wait for that. Um, and I guess let's talk about the elephant in the room. Kyler Murray finally gets his extension. Um, you guys know that I did not want that to happen, particularly uh, been pretty open about that. Um, but now that it has happened, you gotta earn your money, man. You you got you got the you got the contract. So it doesn't make sense to me how much money he got for how for how little honestly he's accomplished in the NFL. But you know what? If you're gonna be getting you're gonna be making more money than Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, you better play like it, man. That's all I'm going to say, or else you are going to have a lot of pissed off Cardinals fans, especially the way that you went about it this offseason. But, you know, he's the quarterback. Did nothing but support for our quarterback in Arizona. Um, And the whole, whole, like, studying clause thing that came out, broke out, um, why... Why is that such an issue with so many people? Like, yeah, they want him to study. I don't... There's no way that he wasn't studying anyway. And I feel like this is probably something that's pretty common in contracts anyway. So it was very strange that people wanted to make that such a big deal. um, Seeing that he has to study four hours or something a week before games. Like, okay, I'm sure he was going to do that anyway, but, you know, it's just to cover their ass. Honestly, that's all it is. So 
let's not make a huge deal about that contract and the clause. Like, he needs to win. That's all it is. He needs to win. He needs to be, he needs to play like the quarterback he's being paid to be. That's all I'm going to say at this point. And uh, we're going to find out very soon if that money is worth, if, if he earned it. Um, but yeah, we'll get back into the NFL more as it comes up. NFL fantasy starting. Those drafts are getting going. Um, I am going to, I finally won my first league last year. So I'm going to be defending that title. Um, can't wait. I can't wait. But, uh, before we get into baseball, the last thing I want to cover a little bit is the LI or the live tour. Um, versus the PGA, and they were out at Trump's course. And I honestly wanted to go check it out. Um, unfortunately, you know, c- couldn't because of COVID. But I saw some pictures. Why? Why is the PGA so pressed by this? Like, there was there was like ten people, like at this course at this tournament. No one cares about live, guys. The only reason. Players are leaving is because they're making so much money. Wouldn't you? Okay, let's put it in this terms. If you were working a nine to five, right? You're making decent money. You like what you're doing. Okay. Let's say you're at your dream job. You're making hundred thousand a year, but then another company comes by. Hey, you only have to work four days and we're going to triple your salary. You're doing it without question. And it's the same thing. Now you can go ahead and you can stand on your soapbox and get upset, you know, that it is Saudi backed because, you know, of 9-11. I completely understand if you are truly, truly upset about that fact and who's backing it and who's funding it. I get that. But let's not pretend that that's why everyone is actually upset. Because it's not. People just don't like to see change. They don't like to see someone competing with the PGA Tour. It's And they're losing a lot of big names. I predicted that from the outset, that they were going to keep losing big names. And I think after the FedEx Cup playoffs that are starting this week, after this, we're going to see more guys jump over to the Live Tour next year. You're, I, I can almost guarantee you're going to see Cam Smith go. That's been the thing. But someone brought up a good point. Why would they leave right now? Finish out the rest of the year. Go make your money on the PGA. The Live is adding more money. They're adding more tournaments next year. You're going to see a lot more guys jump ship. You can be mad at that. At you as You can be as mad as you want. But eventually... They have to start making some kind of money. And I'm telling you, man, from from watching and seeing pictures, that is not a very public-supported tournament yet. Uh, they got the names, but it's just not the same as the PGA. So if you love the PGA, stick with the PGA. You know, uh, and you have live players now suing the PGA, um, to be able to play, to be able to play in Masters, which is 
different from the PGA. That's why you've been able to see these guys play in the Masters tournament still. But the PGA is trying to make it to where they can't play, not only in regular tournaments, but now majors. And um, Look, here's my thing with that. Golf is a privately, or not, not private, but the players play for themselves. It's not a team sport. Other PGA Tour members, in my opinion, are just pissed off at these guys because they weren't good enough to get an offer from Liv. I, I mean, let's be honest. Like, who cares if they play in the Liv and then they play in the PGA event? Who cares if these guys want to make money? You know what I mean? Like, you, both of these tours can coexist. Is it conventional and have we seen that before? No, we haven't. But this isn't like a guy from the UFC fighting in a UFC card then jumping over to Bellator. These Those guys get their ass kicked. They need a ton of time to recuperate. So that's why they're not going to jump back and forth. But in golf, you couldn't tell me that if Dustin Johnson went and played in a live event, and the next week he goes and plays in a PGA Tour. Who who is that hurting? He still needs to play well to win money. Like, why does it matter to the PGA old heads that these guys are playing in the L, the live and? Well, it's not fair to the players that stuck with the PGA. Like I said, they weren't good enough to get an offer from Live. I mean, let them do both. Why does it matter to anyone? Seriously. It's not going to change anything. Live can still be their own thing. Live can just go be their practice round where they can still go make a ton of money and then come play competitively in the PGA. Why can't we both coexist here? I would have loved, loved to see Tiger Woods, except because I don't know if you guys saw that, but Tiger Woods turned down like $800 million dollars to go play the lift tour good for him good for him for being able to turn that money down because i mean he's made so much of it that that probably wouldn't matter to his life at this point anyway but i guarantee you the pga would have uh would have changed their stance real quick <laughs> real quick on if live players could play in the pga events if they would have lost tiger but, man, I hope they figure it out, and I hope that they can coexist sooner rather than later. But from what the looks of it, man, the PGA just has no interest in in any of that, and it's going to affect more tournaments the more players they lose. You don't get to see – we're not going to see Cam Smith roaring back four shots down at a major championship. You're going to lose a lot of big players um, from the Ryder Cup. Like, it stinks for golf, man. It really does stink for golf that both of these tours are... And, I mean, from from what it looks like, it's just the PGA that's being extremely stubborn about this. It's like, man, let them play in both. You're, you're, you're not going to dilute the product by letting them make money on the side playing in an amateur tour. Because, that honestly, that's what the live is. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, the live is going to keep gaining steam. The more the PGA wants to to fight it, and uh, who knows, we're gonna see in the next few weeks how many more guys end up leaving um, for for the live.
But let's get into the main topic I want to talk about. What I'm excited to talk about is MLB free agency, which just passed yesterday. Um, man, lots of big moves. Uh, Joey Gallo, I guess this is like the smallest of the moves for the Yankees at least. Joey Gallo moving on to the Dodgers. Man, do you, do I feel for that guy? Like I wanted him to be so good, you know, being a Vegas kid, him coming from Vegas, him getting to play for his favorite team growing up. And what a disaster. He was he was just so bad. So so bad. In his last 29 games, he was hitting like 085. Like I could do that. <laughs> like put me out there, I could have replicated that. Um you know, he seems like a good dude, and nothing, I mean, I wish it wasn't to L.A., because now, you know, he's going to go over there and just absolutely rake, because uh, that's just how baseball works. Um, you know, it is what it is, bro. Thank you for your time, but I cannot say how happy I am that I don't have to see Joey Gallup in the, uh, Joey Gallo in the Yankees lineup anymore. Um... And before we go on, like, can we revisit a trade? Josh Donaldson and IKF. Josh Donaldson has been, I don't want to disrespect him and say he's been as bad as Joey Gallo, but he's been pretty damn close. For the amount of money he's making, dude, he has as many home runs as a guy named Joe Urshela that you guys might remember that played for the Yankees last year. He's hitting 41 points less at 220. Geo's hitting 261. I still don't understand that trade. I still don't get it. And I mean, if you're if we're gonna focus on IKF being the return for that, I mean the dude hasn't been any better. He not a single home run this year. You know, he'll slap you a big double occasionally, but you could you can't tell me. That signing Correa for a small deal, for a smaller deal. Oh, man. It's just such a bad trade still. And you hope in a year where the Yankees are having this amazing season, Judge is going to be the MVP. Hopefully it just doesn't go to waste because Cashman and, and Steinbrenner wanted to be cheap fucks. And, I mean... And don't get me wrong, like the Yankees did have a pretty decent trade deadline, but they still went the cheapest way about of doing it. They did. And you know, it's funny, like I wanted to sit here and, and talk and not get negative because it's all I see on Yankees, Twitter, uh, t- tweet, Twitter feeds that follow strictly the Yankees, like you would act like right now they're not playing their best baseball. That's fair. But you would think that the Yankees are the worst team in baseball when they lose a single game. These guys don't care. They're shit. This guy sucks. This guy sucks. Hey, we still have the best record in baseball. Right now, we should be focused on staying healthy and getting to the playoffs. We're still missing Stanton out of the lineup. We lost Michael King out of the pen, was massive losing him. Clay Holmes hasn't been what we thought and what he 
was at the beginning of the year. Like, the dude's definitely regressed, but he's still good. You know, like, he's not going to have a .49 ERA or whatever ridiculous number he had all season. It just wasn't going to happen. Everything's going to level out, but at the end of the day, the Yankees are still up there with the best teams in baseball. So don't sit there if you're a Yankee fan and act like they can't win a World Series. It's just stupid and annoying that we're freaking out over a couple losses here and there when they don't look great. They're not going to beat every team 10-2. to It's just not going to happen. It's not possible. So, and I think a big series, which I got to go to, was the Subway Series. They lost, okay? They got they lost both games. Let's not forget in the second game, it was Domingo Herman who got shelled the previous game, who hadn't pitched in the big leagues for over a year, against Max Scherzer. If that doesn't show you that the Yankees aren't operating like that was a playoff series, I don't know what will. Like, guys, it's the regular season. We still have an 11-game lead in the division. They don't need to be pressing the gas the entire time. And can I say, like, Mets fans, love you. You know, I've never had an issue with the Mets. If you're watching if you're watching Derek Jeter's documentary, which you should, Yankee fan or not, like it's amazing. Just gives you a sense of how much the how how much baseball meant to this guy and just what a professional he was. But can I I'm going to echo what he said. The Mets are just the Mets. All right? We don't hate the Mets. Yankees fans and I can't speak for all of them, you know, because I'm not from New York. But go ahead. You you go talk to Yankees fans and Mets fans. Two, maybe three out of ten Yankees fans will say they hate the Mets. But if you ask Mets fans if they hate the Yankees, it's going to be eight, nine out of ten that hate the Yankees. Because the Mets have always been the little brother. And it's so funny... And it really showed that when, you know, they did beat us. And I'm not going to say you don't go into those games needing to win because you you should want to win every game. But man, you would think that the Mets won the World Series in the middle of, or at the end of July, (laughs) the way that Mets fans were acting. Like, y'all didn't win shit. Sorry. Those games meant nothing. In the grand scheme of things, those games meant nothing. It didn't hurt the Yankees in the standings. It didn't really... I mean, I think the Braves lost one of those games, so it gave the Mets a a game. Those games were so much bigger for the Mets than they were for the Yankees. So don't get it twisted, Mets fans. Yeah, we wanted to win. They, they, They should have, you know, at least pulled out one of those games. But they don't mean shit to the Yankees. Y'all can dance and, and, and plan your World Series parade because you won two games in July if you really want to. But that's not how the Yankees are wired. That's not how us as Yankees fans are wired. We're winning. We want to win the World Series. Yeah, we want to beat you. But at the end of the day, it's for number 28, not for two wins in July. Okay. Okay. And that makes me sound like an asshole, whatever. 
you know, you'll never go into Yankee Stadium when they're, you know, like right now, they're playing the Mariners. You're never going to go into Yankee Stadium and then randomly a Red Sox sucks chant isn't going to start. Randomly a Mets suck chant isn't going to start. You know where that will start? In Boston. The, the Yankee sucks chance when they're playing when they're playing the Orioles in the middle of August they'll do Yankee sucks chance because Roy's on the brain you know what they're thinking about the Yankees they're not focused on their own team they're focused on what the Yankees are doing Mets fans that they're actually relevant for one year they're worried about what the Yankees are doing you know what the Yankees fans and the Yankees players are worried about what the Yankees are doing We're not worried about you guys. We're worried about you when we play you. After that series, though, we're on to the next thing. We're on to the next team. We're not thinking about you guys. And that's just the God's honest truth. You're never going to go into Yankee Stadium as an opposing fan and hear the Yankees fans chant anything other than what's going on in that game in that moment. Maybe besides the Altuve chants, but that's a little bit different circumstance, I will say. I like when I hear it. It's kind of stopped. It's kind of slowly gone away. But yeah, the FL2 chance, those were warranted. Um, but yeah, man, the Yankees are going to be fine. You just got Frankie Montas. You just got Scott F. Ross, or however the hell you say his name, that reliever from Chicago. Um Already liked the dude. Almost gave up a home run on his first uh, hitter as a Yankee, and you could just see in his face, like, no, I, I have to live here. I can't have I can't have just given up a home run on my first guy. Luckily for him, it went to the warning track. He pitched a scoreless inning. Um, Andrew Benintendi hasn't been. I mean, he's been Joey Gallo 2.0, but um, he's gonna figure it out. Like it's New York. It's a new team. It's gonna take a minute for him to adjust. He's been hitting great all year. Let's pump the brakes and say, and, and like, not freak out that he's going to be another Joey Gallo. He'll be fine. Um, it does suck losing Monty. I really liked Jordan Montgomery um, for a, you know for trading for a guy that isn't going to be able to play till like September. Not having Severino, like I like getting. Frankie Montas is another uh, really solid pitcher, but man, could we have used one more. We could have used Carlos Rodon. We could have used Pablo Lopez, um, you know, and that's why, you know, I didn't want to get negative on it, but it just goes to show you, yes, the Yankees want to win, but they just do enough to string us along where they could have gone all in Gotten Luis Castillo, still gotten Frankie Montas because they didn't have to get rid of any of their top-end prospects. They could have done that. They could have gotten Juan Soto. If they really wanted to, they had the capital. They could have done that. And you know what? The, the fact that they didn't get Juan Soto, if you don't sign Aaron Judge this offseason, man, are you going to lose a lot of fans. You are going to lose a lot of fans if you do not re-sign Aaron Judge now. That's all I'm going to say. You didn't go all out and get Juan Soto, one of the only two players, him and maybe Shohei Otani are the two guys that would have been okay 
bringing in to replace Aaron Judge if he did it, doesn't re-sign. You cheaped out. You didn't get either one of them. You better re-sign Aaron Judge. It's as simple as that. Because you know who went all out? The freaking San Diego Padres. Probably one of the best trade deadlines for a team I have ever seen. Ever seen. Not only do you get Juan Soto, you get Josh Bell, who's been awesome this year. Oh, and then you get Brandon Drury, who's having a career year. Oh, and then you get Josh Hader, which is a top three closer in the game. Oh, and you have Manny Machado. Oh, and you don't even have Tatis in your rotation yet? Or in your lineup because he's been hurt? Oh, and you just signed Joe Musgrove uh, Joe Musgrove to a huge extension? Oh, and you have you Darvish? And a guy named Blake Snell who's been kind of ass, but, you know, he's still... There, there's still that old pitcher in him that could come out at any time. Just what a... What an impressive trade deadline by the Padres. And I'm telling you what, man. The Mets, the Dodgers, they better be real scared of how committed the Padres are to winning. Because on paper now, I you cannot tell me that the Padres are not as good or better than the Dodgers at this point. You just can't tell me that. You can't sit there straight-faced and tell me the Padres didn't close the gap. You just can't. Oh, well, there are 11 games. Yeah, well, that 11 games was without Juan Soto, without Tatis, without Josh Bell, without Josh Hader. I tell you what, from this point on, they're going to be they're going to be right there. And I guarantee you, the Padres are going to close that 11-game gap. They, they might have put themselves a little bit too much in a hole. But I'm telling you what, the Dodgers better keep winning because the Padres aren't going to go down easy. And they're going to be a real scary, real scary in the playoffs for anyone at this point. Because if you're a Mets fan, man, you're relying on two paper Tigers. And Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Those guys can go down at any second. And I hope not for your guys' sake because that sucks to uh, to lose when you're losing your best players. Um, and I don't wish that on any team. I like, I like when teams are at full strength and they win or lose at full strength. Um, because then you can't use that excuse. Oh, well, you know, we were missing this guy. We were missing that guy. I hate when, you know, win or lose. Win or lose with your guys. That's what I like. Um but yeah, man, just uh, just a ton of fun to watch that deadline. I th- uh, you can ask Randy. I think I refreshed my Twitter feed probably every like two, three minutes for like three days, waiting for moves, waiting to see if the Yankees ultimately could land t- uh, Soto. Um, but you know, I'm happy with the team that they have. Uh, they're in a they're in a down they're in a little rut right now. They have been, but they'll be fine. They'll they'll figure it out. Like I said, as long as Stanton comes back and he's healthy, Ben and is gonna pick it up. Yankees will be good. The Mets are gonna stay good. Padres are gonna be awesome. The Dodgers are gonna be awesome. The Astros obviously are still there. Them picking up Mancini, 
huge move for them. Um, Christian Vasquez, you know, you could tell they they got a couple guys that know the Yankees real well. Uh, they you know that they're preparing for another ALCS showdown, and uh, we'll see how it goes without their fucking trash cans this time and their their stupid little fucking buzzers. Uh, I I hope it happens, man. And they need to beat us fair and square for me to to get over that cheating scandal. Because I'm still not over it, man. I I hate when people say that Yankees fans should get over it. You know, nah. Fuck that. They cheated. And until you beat us fair and square and you can sit there and, you know, I I can't accept it. So, um, thanks for coming to my TED Talk about the Yankees and... and, uh, the rest of what's going on. Um, definitely one of the slow, definitely a slow season as far as sports goes. But college football's almost back, like I said. Basketball's on its way back. Hockey's only a couple months away. The playoffs are a couple months away for baseball. Um, we're going from the slow season to the best time to be a sports fan in just a couple weeks. So um, thank you guys for listening as always. Um, thank you for the few that did send me questions. Um, and it, it makes my life a lot easier and gives me stuff to talk about, especially during this slow time. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Like I said, and you guys have a great rest of your week. Stay safe. Don't get COVID. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank you for listening.